0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Sean Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. If you'd like to become a sponsor or advertise on 10 Minutes of Truth podcast, contact me, Sean Barksdale. You can reach me at 434-446-6633 or shoot me a text, or you can reach us at 10minutesoftruth.com. And remember, we'll always provide a platform for your truth on the 10 Minutes of Truth podcast. What's your truth? Hello, everybody. This is Sean Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. Our next guest when. You think about somebody who was raised on the streets of Norfolk and after graduation, went into the Navy in the 70s, retired from the Navy in the 90s. Afterwards, started working as a loss prevention officer for Harris Teeter and then Walmart. And then afterwards, started working for Halifax County Sheriff's Department and Blue Ridge Regional Jail Authority. And now he owns his own photography, graphics design business. We're talking about Mr. Wayne Wally. How you doing, Wayne? I will not complain, my brother. We are doing fairly well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is great to have you on the 10 Minutes of Truth podcast today. A longtime friend of mine, which y'all will see in just a few. Um, I'm not going to waste any time, Mr. Wally. I know you a little bit, but uh, the people do not. So we're just going to start this right off. Um, tell me about yourself where you're from, uh, what kind of jobs you've had, and what qualifies you to talk about the jail and the prison. Wow.
1: Let's get real with it. Uh, I'm originally from North of Virginia, raised up in the projects of Norfolk. Uh, see, my project, I mean, a prodigy of a single parent home. Uh, three, I got uh, two other brothers and a sister um, pretty much, man, I was a, a little wild kid starting off. I was a hustler, uh, got out, do all kind of small jobs, then turned over into the life of crime,
0: Ooh.
1: became a excellent thief, <laughs> uh, you know, just, just doing a young thing, hustling. And then my mom broke it down to us and said, look, all the young men in my house, you only have two choices. When you graduate from high school, and school was a must. You had to go to school and graduate. But then she broke it down like this for her guys. Two choices. When you graduate, you're either going in the military or you're going to college. Mm. Me, I was tired of school. Right. I was like, school is not a question. At all. Both of my brothers went in the Navy. They used to bring all them pictures of all the places they went, the honeys they was meeting. I was like, hey, that's for me. Right. Let's right. go. Yeah. So uh, I jumped on in into the navy, man. Did the, did my years and came on back out. Okay,
0: okay. So um, we met um some years ago, and um, you were a jailer at the Halifax County Jail, correct? Yes, I was. Okay. So why do you think what qualifies you to talk about the jail today? From my experiences.
1: Okay. Um, Starting off after I left the jail, you know, I mean, after I left school and in the Navy, I became a correctional specialist and a correctional counselor. Mm. Then from there, when I got out, I got into loss prevention, which I'll talk a little bit more about that a little later on. So from those experiences, that qualified me to talk about
0: jails. Absolutely. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about... um Tell me about being a loss prevention specialist at Walmart. <laughs> what, what is a loss prevention specialist? Okay. Let's back
1: up a little bit. Okay. This started off. I got my training at the Harris Teeter here in South Boston. Okay. Which didn't last long. And that pretty much loss prevention, you was pretty much a security main um uh, the, the loss of the, the store, trying to maintain what they had, what they did not have, what they you had to watch, both uh, the customers and the employees. Uh, but Harris Teeter didn't last long. So then I got to Walmart. Walmart was definitely a challenge because in Walmart, again, you're still watching employees. You're watching uh People to come off the street, mm. and you help maintain safety and security in the store itself. As for um, anything that you would see spills on the floor, and you all you help out with inventory stuff like that. So, okay,
0: okay. So, how did your your training in the Navy help you with this particular job? Which job? The the loss prevention. prevention.
1: Yeah. Uh, in the Navy, you you do a lot of cross training in the Navy okay uh, I, I started off and I don't want to go too deep, but you start off as a, a boatser mate, which is pretty much ship preservation uh from there to um a cook from in in, in the cooking field there's so much stuff as for maintaining stores and all of that right all the way to correction and from correctioning to a counselor okay and what helped me was you learn to maintain stock and stock control. Mm. And then from there, getting into the correction side, you know, you started gotcha. learning even more about people. And
0: Okay. Uh, to uh, my knowledge, you were a brig officer as well, right? Yes, sir.
1: What's that about? Now, that was the experience of a lifetime. Really? Yes. Uh, the brig in the Navy, um, you had to go to Anniston, Alabama for training. Mm-hmm. And that was an eye opening for me because at that period of my time, the Navy had just crossed over from what they call a red line brig to uh, a regular type brig. Red line was hardcore. Mm. That's when if an inmate stepped across the line, he'd get towed out the frame. Really? But the thing that I like about the school was they instilled in you fair, firm, and impartial. Okay. They they embedded that into you. So that made you, then they taught you how to be, to have empathy for an inmate. Mm. You can't have sympathy because you're not in their predicament, but you can have empathy because you can relate. So that's, the, the Navy brig taught me a lot of stuff, man. Uh, we got into search and seizures and when a person stepped into the, into the brig. Mm-hmm. They got these circles that they get on. If they step outside that circle, they're going to touch the concrete. It's on. It's on. It's oh, on wow. and popping. Then you take them inside and you do the script searching and all that. And okay. it's the same thing that you, we'll talk about a little later with the jails.
0: Yeah, because that kind of segues us into you being a deputy at the Halifax County Jail System. If you'd like to become a sponsor or advertise on 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast, contact me, Sean Barksdale. You can reach me at 434-446-6633 or shoot me a text. Or you can reach us at 10MinutesOfTruth.com. And remember, we'll always provide a platform for your truth on the 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast. What's your truth? Um. So what was the difference? Uh, well, first of all, how did you get into being a jailer?
1: Well... After coming out the Navy and got into law prevention, right, <clears throat> I ran into a, a couple of deputies that used to respond to in Walmart because at okay. the time, Walmart was not part of South Boston. Oh, so I mean, although I although it was in South Boston, but the jurisdiction was covered by really? the sheriff department. I didn't know that. So anytime there was a crime. And you know, you kept somebody from stealing. Somebody from the sheriff department would come. Okay. And I got to meet a couple of the deputies, and you know, they were talking about my professionalism and how I dealt with stuff. And they right. were like, "Yo, man, you ought to apply." And that's what happened. I applied for the jail, and eventually got it.
0: Okay. Okay. So um, I it, I hear I heard you talk about that. Empathy and what the Navy taught you. Mm-hmm. Um, did you take this with
1: you into the? Yeah, but st- it's embedded. Okay, right. It's embedded in okay. you. So once I got into the jail system, I, you know, the minute I got into the jail, the jail was a little bit different from when it from Halifax Jail to the regional jail. Okay, but the the frame of mind that I had in the Navy brig system. They taught us when you walk through the door, you had a set of double doors you had to go through. Okay. So their rules was when you walk through the door coming in, you leave home on the outside. You pick up the jail on the inside, mm-hmm. and when you leave, it's just the opposite. Right. What happens in the jail stays in the jail. You drop the jail and you pick up your civilian life, and you're going back. Got it. So that's the same mentality that I had when I got into Halifax Jail. You know, when I deal with jail business, I'm on it. When I'm off, I'm back All right. into my I own understand. life. That's understood.
0: Um, let me ask you a question. So uh, tell me about uh, from a, the, a person that enters the jail, Their entry into the jail. What's that like
1: when you see them coming through the door? Well, it, <clears throat> when they come into the jail, it's on different levels. Uh, you have some that. When they first come in, they come in straight off a police car. I'll give you an example. An, a drunk. Okay. You bring a drunk in, they're not going straight to the magistrate. They're coming straight into the jail first. Right. So, you know, they already irate the whole nine yards. You you try to settle them down a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they go to the magistrate, and you know, or if they're too drunk, they'll stay in the jail and right. then go to the magistrate the next morning. Then you got those that come in from the magistrate. The police take them to the magistrate. The magistrate says, you're going to get locked up and we have to go get them. Once they come into the jail, some are upset and they're upset with the process from Mm. the law enforcement side. Okay. so we have to, as a jailer, try to defuse them to the point to where, okay, guys, I have nothing to do with what caused you to come here but now that you are here there are rules and regulations you must follow Mm. and we're going to enforce that so we start off with trying to defuse them from the experience with coming to getting them readapt to the jail
0: got it got it thank you for explaining that too Um, a lot of people don't know that or understand that uh, part right that concept yes exactly Um, ending part one so let's close part one off with advice you'd give to a man or woman that has committed an offense that landed them into jail on how to handle the first day or so.
1: <laughs> don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Right. You know, but if you coming in, you get arrested. First and foremost, don't step into the jail thinking that you run stuff or that we have caused you harm. Folks have to realize when you come into jail that you are there because of whatever you did, it's a new beginning for you. You are subject to the law and you are confined. So we have to defuse you enough or deal with you um, in the jail. Uh, So my advice to you is if, if you're not ready to come and be humiliated Because when you come to jail, you lose all rights. You're going to be booked. You're going to be script searched. And when I say script searched, I'm talking from head to toe, butt ball naked. You know, you lose all privacy. Then we give you, you know, a jumpsuit, a box to put some of your stuff in, give you some soap, toothpaste, toothbrush. And you locked in. Right. You start off in a little teeny holding cell. Right. And that cell, trust me. <laughs> right. If you if you seven or eight feet tall, you're gonna be from the wall to the door. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. 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 Um, this has been the first episode with Mr. Wayne Wiley. You guys come back next week where we'll continue this uh, uh, talk with Mr. Wayne Wiley. This has been Sean Barksdale, and this is Ten Minutes of Truth. If you'd like to become a sponsor or advertise on 10 Minutes of Truth podcast, contact me, Sean Barksdale. You can reach me at 434-446-6633 or shoot me a text or you can reach us at 10minutesoftruth.com. And remember, we'll always provide a platform for your truth on the 10 Minutes of Truth podcast. What's your truth?